Hi, I'm Orda McNeilis. And I'm Ricardo Deacon. And you're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. This is a recommendation game, a film of the week podcast where we take turns to recommend a film the other has not seen, we watch it, and then we meet to discuss it. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> this week's film is Come and See from 1985. Directed by Elam Klimov, screenplay by Elam Klimov, and Alez Adamovich. Story by Alez Adamovich, music by Oleg Yanchenko, cinematography by Alexei Rodionov, and edited by Valeria Belova, starring Aleski Kravchenko and Olga Miranova. <sighs> and the synopsis is <laughs> very long. The invasion of a village in Belarusia by German forces sends young Flora into the forest to join the weary resistance fighters against his family's wishes. There he meets a Gerd, Glasha, who accompanies him back to his village. On returning home, Flora finds his family and fellow peasants massacred. His continued survival amidst the brutal debris of war becomes increasingly nightmarish, a battle between despair and hope. I don't I, know who wrote that, but there's no hope. Yeah, I would say that it begins without hope or <laughs> begins with a nightmare and then goes downhill from there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, God, I wonder who picked this film. Uh, <laughs> this week's film is picked by Ricardo. Uh, Ricardo, why did you pick this? Well, like I picked it because it is one of the best films ever made in cinematic terms. But saying that is one of the least enjoyable watches that you can have, and it's uh, but it's interesting in a way of watching it as a filmmaker or analyzing anything as a filmmaker is that it's a movie that uh, many critics and filmmakers describe as like one of the most powerful thing films that you can watch and most soul destroying and intense experiences of filmmaking and. I thought it would be an interesting pick. It's one that I've been building myself up to to pick. Yeah. But uh, I just... <laughs> I can it, understand why you said that. I I have seen it twice before this. You've watched your third time yeah, watching it? Yeah, and the, the thing that uh, reminded me was when the BFI was having a, a series of Soviet films being released, uh, there was a theater director that presented Come and See yeah and she's talking about like oh i don't expect half of the audience to be here at the end of the movie the like i expect walkouts half the, and, half stuff. The audience. and then the guy that is moderating the conversation asks her oh what is the thing that you're gonna be looking out while watching the movie this time and she's like nah i'm not watching the movie this time uh <laughs> <Just left. laughs> yeah she just left she was like i seen it twice before and since having seen the movie the time before she had had two children and she's like can't watch it anymore it just it, she said that uh, for her uh having kids was like taking a layer of protection out of uh, empathy yeah, kind of thing 100 percent understand that and uh it, it, it was too traumatic to watch it but the thing with the movie is that you expect it to be more graphic than it is there's a lot of there's one scene that is very graphic in like the depiction of the violence let's say mm. but it's more implied than anything else but it's just for the first hour of the movie the movie is about two and a half hours for the first hour and a half it is intense and difficult to watch and such but for the last hour there's no other movie that makes me feel 
as shattered and uh, like such intense emotions as this movie does. And when I rewatched it, I just the the first time that I rewatched it, I, it was just to see knowing what was going on, if it was gonna affect me the same way. Yeah. And it did. And this time watching it, I sat there and it's like, ah, I'm going to be all right. I know exactly what's going. All the images are engraved in my brain anyways, because it's kind of traumatic to watch. Yeah, this film doesn't leave. And then uh, I finished the movie and all I did was have a huge sigh and sat there looking at a blank screen on my computer for about 10 minutes. And yeah, uh, but there's a lot to discuss about the movies. It wasn't just like we joked about last episode that it was like a punishment in a way. Yeah. <laughs> because it is come and see. But I think not only filmmaking wise, it is also historically and uh, in the comparisons of how this was made in 1985 as a, a, a memoriam for the 40 years of the great patriotic war that is what the soviets call world war ii yeah and <laughs> if you compare this to something like saving private ryan that is far more graphic and allegedly spielberg told everybody to watch come and see before doing well, saving private ryan i think you can ryan. see bits of it in the sound design in saving private ryan yeah like i think come and see it's probably the most influential war movie that has been made i think that there's before and after kind that. of thing yeah there are things in this that i recognize and i wondered if it was this movie that bore them yeah well. like it is uh there's like before you have like platoon would be like the realistic version of of the war <laughs> but it, you think about now it's like ah, it's platoon. very meek let's say <laughs> but it's i thought when you picked uh, spirit of the beehive that's what i was gonna say it was an interesting pick yeah the kind of innocence and childhood and, and the naivety of childhood and yeah and the war aspect and everything yeah. and also what we were talking about how victor edisa uses all the ingredients that you can use in, a fi in filmmaking yeah to create his own spell and uh, uh Klenmov, uh does the same thing for this movie but for a complete different reason and effect and uh, this movie was uh, also the Soviet Union's pick to put forward for the 1986 Academy Awards. And surprisingly, surprising no one that wasn't nominated for an Oscar. Uh, yeah. Because imagine the moment that they had to play, pick a clip from this movie <laughs> for the ceremony. Um, yeah, like uh, I thought that it'd be obviously a tough discussion to have and also a tough watch i'm not saying that i enjoyed watching it either um uh, but um, i thought that i wanted to see your take on it as well and partly because i'm the only person that i know that's seen the movie and i need other people to have experienced it too <laughs> sharing the pain yeah i think is what you're doing there um yes yeah, it's, <laughs> it's funny what you're saying there about whenever it ends when it finally ends and you just sit and stare at the screen and that's basically what I did. Like, when it finally stops, like, there's no credits, it just stops. And I was like, I just sat, <laughs> just sat there for, like, I don't know how long, just staring at the screen. It took me, like, three attempts to really watch this, like, because uh, I tried, I watched the first bit, maybe the first 15 minutes of it and was like, I'm not ready. <laughs> And I tried again. I was like, no. <laughs> and I finally just did it. And 
Yeah, it's funny, like, <laughs> I feel conflicted about this because I never want to have to see it or think about it again. But at the same time, I feel like everyone should be made watch this. Yeah. Like, I was conflicted as well because I find it hard. It's a hard film to, you really need to think about it, like, remove yourself from it to think about it in cinematic terms. I find it quite difficult to really sort of remove and engage in it on that level because it is so like gut-wrenching and uh, um, I, so I, th- I thought a lot about kind of uh, the, the modern value of watching this film as well and like the value of watching it in like 1985 and then the value of watching it in 2017 and you know does it still hold value to go over these events and I think that this film like it it, it scrambles your brain because you're so like how 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 did this happen kind of thing and it it gave it gave me and i would imagine anyone who would watch it to, you know to in this 2017 the same effect that like there's so little i can think of that gives you this impact that gives you this feeling you know that's so like just it's the kind of horror that our modern brains and like i don't want to go on like a whole you know, our frivolous modern lifestyle and we're so apathetic to everything. But there's obviously weight to that statement. We are apathetic, you know. And there, there are very few things that, that in, not just in filmmaking, but in, in books, in, in, you know, any real medium that's able to really impact you in the level that this does. And it is a state you <laughs> you get into when watching this where, yeah, it, it really kicks you in the face and... I think that for that reason, it's very, very, very important because I can't imagine anyone watching this and not having that impact. Like, I don't know what would have to be wrong with you to... I can imagine people walking out of it because... But at the same time, like, it has this effect where it's not just that it's like... Because you're right, it's not a very graphic film and an awful lot of the time, it, they're not shocks. They're you, things that are built up. And you know, like, you know when he goes to the village, <clears throat> like, back to his village, you know what's going to happen. Like, you barely even need to see the shot of the bodies, you know, and that's even, that's just a tiny shot, like, and you barely, you know what's happened, really. And then when it's building up to the fire, you know, like, you're, you're, you know what's, you know what's coming. And so I don't think that this film necessarily is, it's not, it's not about shocks, it's not about gore. It's just a, and it, so it's, it doesn't have that element of say like, you know, the kind of car crash element of, um, of like violence and how you can't look away. Um, it's more the whole atmosphere of it um, that very much sort of draws you in. And I think one of the ways that he does that, that, because as you describe this to someone and you, you know, even how you were describing it to me, I didn't, did, you know, I knew that it was going to be tough, but I didn't know in, in what way. Um, because even like that anecdote you told about like um, you know the sight and sound like all the whole cast and you kind of think that they're almost going to have this weird sort of like Machiavellian evil in you know almost like in the way of like you know Inglorious Bastards or something where they're you know it's like comic almost because they're so evil you know that that's this sort of like pop version of history <clears throat> but it's not like that it's it's something completely different and I think part of the strength of it is and how he's able to capture you 
is so effectively is a capture make like that's the, like the way you describe culture seems like inadequate like ways of like talking about this because it yeah, feels it, it's it a feels very different like, experience than say, watching anything else to say capture makes you think that it's like oh it's so engaging it is but that's the wrong word <laughs> you know it's like yeah i think the way he does it is is the weird it's like this weird mix of these incredibly like strange surreal moments with what is almost like unnerving realism with where like and then he does it i think he does it um through like different ways um which i'll get to but i didn't really know anything about um obviously knew about like the resistant fighters and everything and like the whole russian element of it and like the whole soviet thing as well i didn't know a massive amount but i had a vague idea i didn't really know who the partisans were um so i stopped it very early on and i was like hold on a minute i'm gonna look this up so i looked it up just to have a better idea of who the partisans were so so then I was kind of wondering if you don't have any real true historical context to this, you know, does it, what, does it work if you're not really kind of engaged in the history and blah, blah, blah. And I think that it's, that is irrelevant, made irrelevant by the way that he makes the film. Yeah. On just like a very basic <clears throat> human level. And I think the way that he managed to capture is you really, really feel like you are running through the forest with him. That you're running it's across. It's a very tactile movie. Yeah, like it's it's muddy. It's f- like you are in the swamp. Like, and we can talk about this later, but I have no f- unearthly clue how they made this film because you're looking at it and it's it's expansive. It's I mean, the there's just like scenes where the cameraman is has to be in the water. Like, there's no. I mean, it's just it's it's intense. But yeah, we can get to kind of the, the production and, and how it's actually made. But I think one of the strongest choices um, that he makes, and you kind of sort of mentioned it there about um, how it's, it's not really gory, is an awful lot of the true horror of this is completely shown on either Flora's face or her face or just the faces of the crowds of people. Like... Hey, like I, I don't know where he found that kid like it's it's an incredible performance that doesn't really feel like a performance and I don't know what he had to do to that poor child because like he's only I think he was kind of an early teenager to get yeah. that out of him I don't know like but so much of this is like these beautiful and like it seems very strange to say beautiful but like beautiful shots of especially because it's academy as well of like very tight on their faces where they're just staring and it's that those reactions to everything that's going on is so much more powerful than anything he could ever show you of people being burned to death or whatever you know like it's it's that that true show like illustrating of of the horror of it on like a very young person's face is just like that that is what is completely heart-wrenching and just uh, first question <laughs> okay <laughs> because uh, i kind of have a few questions because otherwise it would be uh, very difficult to kind of just ramble on for an hour on this without <laughs> uh, falling into a dip of the, uh, like a pit of despair um what do you think of the title um i didn't really think about the title until i kind of looked it up afterwards and this is obviously from um 
uh, the what is the Old Testament or the New Testament? Like it's a religious. It's from the uh, what's the name of the book that is apo- the Apocalypse? Um, so it's the Old Testament. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's from. I think it's from the same place where the Apocalypse now comes from, but um, yeah, I, I didn't really necessarily think about it when I was watching it, but it's it is fitting in how this is like the the breaking everything down to like the the purest of human nature yeah. and well just so people know uh, oh yeah, that they're referring yeah, the is first, the, um, the come and see it's referring to uh, a quote in the bible that is god showing uh, inviting but ordering uh, a human person to see the effect of the fourth hor- four horsemen of the apocalypse what they've done on earth during the apocalypse and obviously this is very literal in a way to the devolution of humanity that this movie portrays but also kind of ironic because it's not the four horsemen it's men at the same time it's a well uh one of the few people that i talked about uh this movie is that it it feels like the director is grabbing you by the back of the head and you're trying to look away he's like no you have to come and see what they did you yeah. have to come and see what a genocide means this happened yeah it's a difference between like something like schindler's list or the pianist is not what happened it's what it means yeah what it means the 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 moment that this movie really like just takes it out of me after all of that you've watched is the line of text at the end that it says 628 villages, villages uh, in Belarusia, which was a tiny portion of the Eastern Front, were it's burnt. Like a quarter of their population or something. Yeah. And mostly Jewish as well, like that in this movie, it's kind of just obliquely referred to. Yeah, uh, they never really... Yeah, they don't really... I, I believe that that was because it was Soviet money and they wanted to make it more... That was affecting everybody, but at one point, they uh, one of the resistance fighters does refer, refer to Floria as a Jew. Yeah, when he's hiding yeah. in one of the uh, when they try to raid the warehouse and they're being chased by the Germans. Yeah, uh, but it is that I feel that it's like what it, it truly means, like the insanity of it all. It's uh, uh, one critic I heard, um, can't remember who now that. Uh, his complaint of the movie is that the Germans seem too insane uh, in this movie. You know that they, they felt was that the original New York Times and review from like the eighties. I read that and he didn't have a massively positive outlook of it. And my feeling of that, especially when you have that number, is that there's no way that there was any sanity involved in the whole. No. Uh, undertaking. It doesn't, it doesn't feel military. I know. It's. Like and I read as well that this was done in retaliation to like resistance fighters had like attacked a convoy or something and and killed some like high up German guy. Yeah. And that this was like part of the retaliation for that. That it, well, it did like when you watch it, it doesn't seem military. There's no like even it just seems. Yeah, and it's, it's just carnage. It's and and it's the tit for madness. tat that at it's, the end when the resistance actually has an ambush on the Germans that did that. So you know that the Germans are going to retaliate by burning another village and then the yeah. resistance are going to commit another ambush and then there's going to be another retaliation and so on and so forth until 1945. So it's like that it keeps going and going and going and it 
does create that hellish landscape, the, the nightmarish environment that you feel as a spectator. And I think that spectator is the correct word. It's, you're not an audience member. You're not spectating what's going on, especially yeah. because everything is at eye level. Um, yeah. It's uh, 50 mil academy ratio so it makes you it's like the most of it is shot on like on natural vision it's not warped lenses or zoom no lenses, it feels uh, very it feels very point of view like constantly as if like you know but not in the way of like oh like the cameraman's running along it's like you yeah. are running along behind them it's the kind of movie where you've like you're sitting watching it and you're like wanting to to like almost reach out into it to like do something yeah it's so, stop it make it stop somehow but you know but it's so you know that like there's nothing not just because you're not there but that if you were there what could you do <laughs> yeah you could you would have been the the same and if you're gonna do anything you would have been like one of the partisans that they historically didn't come out that well either the same way how they yeah. show them treating anybody that is not a partisan member you're part of the enemy as well how they steal your man's cow yeah and, and they're everything. so they're so like you know like it's it's all it's the same tactics as the germans where it's like the humiliation of him and like making him get down on the ground and like you know obviously stealing his property and like like you know it's not just they go in and they steal it they like make him feel ashamed yeah. make him feel and <laughs> <laughs> um, the okay so next thing let's talk about the the sound design of the movie oh yeah um what did you think of the sound design of the movie it's another level of what makes it so enmeshed in it as as you watch it because it's so like because so much of this is from his point of view as well like the whole thing of whenever the shells drop and he's obviously lost his hearing and uh like that that feeling and it's something that you see used so often but very rarely as effectively as this is because it's in combination with the visuals and where you really feel like you're in his head and it's this weird mix where they're always there's always music just off just out in the distance somewhere and you don't know if it's because he can't quite hear it because of his hearing or if it's really there if he's imagining it, if it's like from like it's all it's it's there's just there's so many layers to it, and then the sounds of the war, the sounds of like the strange sounds of like nature going on, of like birds, yeah. as well as like the the madness that's tearing up the land, as it, it like it's it's just incredible, like it 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 really, I know I know this is nineteen eighty five, so it's it's not you know, but I think in the context of this kind of film, I think it it seems just incredible for something that doesn't really have a soundtrack well like it, there's only like a couple of musical moments like the ending and there's a bit of mozart during the burning of the village which is just insane when the the, the kind of truck oh comes it's, in it's plain, plain yeah. though there's a yeah yeah the second time that i watched the movie i was trying to uh, pay attention why it had the effect on me that it did you know part mm -hmm. of it was the visual that we were talking about the fact that you're looking into there's a lot of uh, breaking of the fourth wall but it's almost that you're the point of view of somebody else almost like peep show or something yeah it doesn't feel but that you're it's not jarring yeah so they're looking into you so you're looking into their suffering but the audio design is really what does it 
and um if you want more on this there's a, a guy that does film essays uh i think his channel is called channel criswell that he does a film essay on uh come and see yeah. uh, he hit a, uh, the nail on the head i i realized that while watching the second time but he goes into like he shows clear examples of it that it's um the audio is first person from Floria's p- point of view. Mm. But first person, the way that he experiences the audio is not what he listens, is what how he experiences the audio. So the, the clear example of that is when after they uh, come out of the village, return in the village and they find his father burnt and it, which is so like the makeup, I have like. no idea how they did that like it's just horrific and it's the only real moment of graphic uh violence but he's describing how the germans pour petrol on top of him and left him to die and he begged to die but before he gets there you hear all the the wailing of the the mothers and the neighbors and everything just screaming and it's just building up but when he's listening to his dad blame him for everything you don't hear anything else. He's I, imagining th- that. No, like, or it, is that he's blocking the sound of the wailing because he's paying attention to his father. Yeah. And then when his father shows up and he wants the wailing to end, he puts his head in the mud, but the wailing just goes higher instead of hiding the audio as you would, like, if you're doing just first person. Mm. It's just that in his head, he just hears he everybody blaming him more and more. He can't block it out. And that's when they pull him out, even though he's half deaf, he's covering his ears and screaming. But you don't hear his scream because he's only hearing the wailing. Yeah. And that happens over and over in the movie. And that's what makes you really, like, be in his shoes in a way that visually you can't do, but orally you can. Yeah. It is. It's. It is yeah. using every every tool. Like, and even as like, not obviously this wasn't as relevant to to Spirit of the Beehive, but in this where there are sections where the makeup is very frightening, how realistic it is, and when it's very sparingly used like that as well, it just adds to the ugh, the grisly nature of it. But it's just yeah, I, I don't know what the budget was for this, but either way, they use their money very effectively. And even like they're. What makes it a weird movie as well to watch is that there's moments of real beauty amongst yeah. the, the the horror. Like even the the Zolly shot when they're taking the picture of the partisans and it's like the sepia town woods and everything. Yeah, it's just, it so just looks beautiful, amazing. Beautiful, like very Tarkovsky yeah. shots, like the color palette, like just um, kind of like their their whole his whole section in like not too far from the start with um Glasha in the woods where obviously they're running away and at this point it becomes even more immersive because of this the, the, the audio is starting to ramp up because he's like obviously lost his hearing and everything and it's this weird you know that underwater kind of feeling of, of everything you know like where things are exploding but you're getting weird muffled versions of yeah. it and everything but that whole section is just like beautiful like like uh, Even when the they're whole... just shaking the trees to yeah, make it yeah and rain. she's and she's dancing and it's almost like it's slow like this strange like surreal and you know where they're they are they're so it's like these weird childish exuberant moments that 
you know that even in their life before the war like these small bursts of like strange happiness are like you know few and far between like they're almost like manic and like that's why I think his face is so incredible that he has this ability to have this manic smile of almost like you know oh my god like good things you know that it's it's just oh his face is incredible and like her face is incredible like this weird like when he first encounters her, her weird devilish you know and how how much of their initial encounters are her sort of like destroying his like fragile not yet discovered masculinity yeah um like he's still he's still such a boy he just wants to be a man by grabbing a gun and fighting for his country and the whole weird thing with like this is, is it a stork or a crane or something the weird bird yeah that whole sequence is just bizarre but somehow makes sense at the same time like yeah. it feels i think this may have been one or one of the things that that guy said in that review was that that it takes you out of it that it's these strange out of place moments they don't seem out of place like he's managing to mesh everything so effectively that it all feels like it's building rather than that you're suddenly taking a break for her to dance on a suitcase yeah <laughs> which sounds ridiculous in this movie but it's not it completely i'm gonna say works but feels as part of a whole uh, yeah like it's building is a good word even like on the sound design the uh, just going back to the sound design yeah. something that this movie does that is quite unique is that for large parts of the movie it doesn't have ambient sound yeah. so you're only hearing the sound that is important and the rest is silence so if you're hearing like a footstep that Florian needs to it's paying attention to you just hear that footstep or that door opening of of that sound because usually you have like the room tone you'd have the the nature the trees or whatever you like when the german soldiers are going past like that at the beginning until the end they're kind of seen in in passing almost kind of glimpses of the germans they're almost off screen even when they look up and there's a paratrooper uh, caught that in the weird, trees that weird haunting yeah he, you kind of think that that's going to lead somewhere but doesn't you yeah. know that they're going to find you know he's just you see him and then he's gone but like that weird like continuing shot of the plane going overhead just this strange like grace of it almost yeah. that, like watching it and like this weird thing that's always watching them and they look up and they're like oh look there yeah and then when they, he your man is the pilot is drinking and throws the bottle out of the uh, yeah. out of the, out the plane <laughs> and, and like, just lands in the in the lake next to them and the, he, your man makes a joke about like bringing the bottle back to the shop or something yeah it's like weird uh, they'd both laugh yeah. like while rolling around in the sand yeah Af- two seconds after, after they've just walked through a little mines yeah <laughs> like, and two guys die like uh, yeah. he just picks up your man's leg and but uh, it just builds up to that ending scene the burning down of the church that it's a cacophony of audio it's like it is overbearing the the yeah. sound at the end it, it like overcomes all your senses and everything it just becomes it's not loud per se it's no. just it just builds up and builds up and builds up that it becomes like your you feel as deranged as what you see on screen and you can't believe what you've seen on screen and i don't think that it would have worked if he hadn't the power yeah, along, yeah if it wasn't like how you called it the, like building it up to that moment yeah and that's why i feel that as a piece of filmmaking it is uniquely 
powerful and uniquely well done like he that was the last film that he made and somebody asked him why and he goes like i have <laughs> Not nothing gonna... left to say yeah uh, i can't <laughs> imagine that it was like an easy movie to like get up and go and shoot like Jesus. like just burning in the village i suppose like with that amount of people they must have been like five or six days doing that but there's so many extras yeah and they're like it's it's chaos that you never see rendered as well as this is in this film and like i know this <laughs> I'm thinking about Dunkirk, not what I was watching it, but afterwards. Yeah. Of like how I think you know, like Dunkirk is quite successful, and how it does. You really feel how close to death they are in certain points, and how you know the, the danger, the imminent danger, but the the chaos that there is with these when the villagers are being herded and they're running and they're being pushed, and you know the crowd scenes. Anything is frightening as yeah. that in Dunkirk. Sorry, Christopher Nolan. Like the, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing polished in this. It's and I think that it has the the worst line of dialogue, as in the worst line of dialogue that any character has ever said. That is like, you can leave, but if you leave your children behind, and when the the woman tries to leave with her kid, the way that they just throw the kid through the window back is just. And then like Every time the, it it just haunt like it's a movie that it just stays with you in a way that like you re that's why usually when we do these it's kind of like oh uh, that's uh, this is the title of the movie and that's all I'm telling you and then you go off and you watch the movie yeah. with no preparation of whatever but it's like I didn't feel that I could be me now no not to tell you to like prepare yourself no, no, watch it yeah. a day that you you know that afterwards you're not gonna be able to like that you're gonna need the space to come back from it yeah like um, yeah the, i mean you know it's only like two and a half hours long but really it's well the rest of your life <laughs> well <laughs> like i'd kind of like blocked it out a little bit and then as I started writing down my notes, it like and now like the more I talk about it, the more I think about it, it's just like, <laughs> just won't like, oh, uh, because it's not even that it's just like the it's you know you know like if you see something scary or it's it's uh, this is as well going back to the surrealism. It's like whenever you have a dream, and it's not necessarily like a scary dream, but it's just a unnerving dream. And because it's a dream, it's in your head. You were there. You were within that, completely within whatever you happened to you in that dream. It's that kind of feeling that whenever, yeah. <clears throat> whenever you have flashbacks to this, it's it's that same kind of feeling of when you're reliving a dream. You feel like you were there. Yeah. You know, not that you watched it. <laughs> yeah. No one is gonna watch this movie. <laughs> watch the movie, but don't watch the movie. No, like it. It is uh, a movie that you put it quite well in the beginning, and it's, uh, it's something that I do agree with. And uh, that's why I know that it is a tough pick to like a tough movie to watch. And I thank you for having watched it. Yeah, I got uh, there in the end. <laughs> but it's it it's a movie that I think that everybody should see just for like to the fact that there has been what fucking six or seven like genocides since world war ii minimum yeah. more way more what am i talking about yeah way more like but yeah, yeah. like that and all of them would be like i can't believe I, I, I my belief is that anybody that watches this movie would want nothing to do with war 
or nothing to do with that kind of thing. It is, the most, it is the most effective anti-war movie. I'll read you... Uh, a, a, war, like a war movie that doesn't really have any, like, big war war scenes. Like, there's no... There's no heroes. There's no big battles. There's no... There's nothing that you kind of, like, comes to mind when you think of a war movie. This is, this is like, war as it happens to real people. As uh, Roger Ebert, who often got it wrong, but he's a fairly good writer when <laughs> yeah. he gets it right. Uh, when he added uh, Come and See to his list of great movies, he said, it's said that you can't make an effective anti-war film because war by its nature is exciting and the end of the film belongs to the survivors. No one would ever make the mistake of saying that about Alan Klimnov's Come and See. This 1985 film from Russia is one of the most devastating films ever about anything and in it, the survivors must envy the dead. Yeah. And I think that it is that that is like, I can't think that you can watch this movie and go like, oh, come, it was a Duce de Coro Mest for Patrimony. Um, yeah. We've alluded to like the, the big scene of the, the burning of the village, which for my money is the most effective massive scene like a set piece for the lack of a better word but it's yeah. not exactly a fucking marvel action scene no uh but um for me that's like probably one of the most effective set pieces ever made but that's not the ending of the movie yeah i'm gonna get to the ending ending yeah uh to the two part uh discuss first uh what they do with the German captured German soldiers, and then afterwards to the montage. Let's say, I think it's interesting that he includes that at the end, where although they don't burn them, they don't quite do to them what they did to the village. It's still, it's like you were saying, it's the, it's the never ending cycle of retribution. And even that we have Flora there and he gives the canister. That, you know, that, and he, and that's the fact as well, like going back to the Jewish thing of um, having the guy there and like, he doesn't say that it's because they're Jewish. It's because just as a race, you don't know if it's like exactly what he's alluding to that like he, you know, that he could completely stand on his principle at that point that like, yeah, he you will, have no he right will, to exist. He will never surrender. Like not every race has a right to exist and you do not have a right to exist. And then like, you know, dying for his cause or whatever. And then like that paired with this, you know, the guy, like where, where's the other guy from? Is he, where he's like, I'm not German. I'm not German. I'm uh, not well, German. Well, he could have been from like a myriad of places like Hungary, yeah. Italy. Don't know if they uh, ever, the fact that he just keeps screaming that he's not German and they made me do it and they made me do it. And it's like, that's worse. <laughs> like he's, he's, that's somehow worse than this German guy. You know what I mean? The fact that like you think that this will save you. That like the fact that you're not German, but the fact is that you are clearly from an invaded country and yeah. you still did it. Like that. Like and that you don't even have that. The, you know you you're begging for us. Like it's just. And then you had the collaborator guy that was running everybody over, and he's like, "Oh, I'm one of you. I'm one of you." When the yeah. he's with the Germans, and then when the partisans capture them, he's like, "Oh, I'm one of you. I'm one of you." Kind of yeah. thing. But for me, what the power of that ending is that every time, the three times that I've seen this movie, I can't help myself but to feel like at the moment, okay, just because of the way that the movie, and I think that is a 
choice from the director and that's why it makes me hate humanity and hate myself and you hate want the them movie. to die not only that i want them to burn yeah and you're kind of disappointed when they get shot see i wasn't disappointed because i had the same moral quandary when you're there and you're like kill them kill them kill them and the more they talk the more you're just like you should suffer and like the Aryan guy that's there yeah. and he's so he's almost smug yeah. that he's like uh, like and you're just like oh my god kill him immediately and then like you're like no <laughs> like this is not the answer to this like there's there's no solution that involves their death that oh yeah is, like a, I, you know what I mean but, yeah, it, but like you can't you can't the, the help first it. reaction is yeah. like do as bad as you can it's not that I was there for like the entirety of the yeah, ten yeah. minutes going like that, but it, I have that thought. I know, know I kind of had relief when they shoot them because it yeah. it gave you some something, even yeah. though they still kill them. They yeah. still, in a way, kind of torture them because they make them sit there for yeah. however long before they kill them and pour the petrol. And yeah, so they them. think they're going to burn. Like that's that's pretty torturous. But I was relieved that they don't burn them because it was that. Yeah. It's so. It's there's just it is so it's such a horrifying. And it's the weird think that this, this movie has excess but it is controlled excess that it is like it was over the top but everything that is there is needed and i don't think by having that moment that you go oh i want them to burn like that's what he wanted he doesn't need this uh, them to be burnt afterwards that would have been so gratuitous. like yeah, gratuitous for mm. in a way of like feeling revenge or whatever and even morally wrong for the film to do because it's not part of the argument that he's making as a filmmaker yeah yeah just wanted to go into the next one but uh, that is when he finds the picture of hitler uh like on this little lake or whatever that is just like yeah. slightly submerged and he starts shooting the picture and with every shot you have like the news rule footage of world war Two being played backwards and backwards and backwards until and backwards like baby <laughs> until it's like a picture of baby hitler and it just pauses with uh Fourier, uh looking at that still pointing the gun and imagining baby hitler and what do you think of that argument for me that felt too much i don't think that it needed that at all what do you think it says well he kind of pauses he doesn't shoot baby hitler does he no, he doesn't, but... For me, it felt it felt like the only misstep of the film. That it felt gratuitous. It felt... I understand why it's there as, like, this... The, the Setting the context for this... Everything that's happened before. And, like, placing this within the history yeah. of everything. And the fact that, like, even though we know where this is, we know the context, we know everything, this is, like, very pointedly illustrating what this meant like the like drawing the line between these events and that person yeah and you know like but i no like it's not that that's not what the in having watched it like the first time Your i got third time watching. oh jesus yeah i, I hold like it'll be a very very long time until i watch it again oh my god um the first time that I watched it, I got that, that I was like, oh, it's just because like Hitler did this, come and see what Hitler did, okay? But the second and 
moreover this time that I realized the importance of that moment in the thesis of the movie per se. Yeah. Is that for one is the what the German guy says before that is uh, we kill the children because otherwise they'll come back and repeat yeah, itself. It'll never end. And the fact is like, you know, always the argument is like, would you have killed baby Hitler? Yeah. And everybody goes, yeah, of course, because you're saving the world. It's like one bad act to save everything else. And you're following the same thought process than than the Nazis did with yeah, the Russians in that way. But somehow you're morally right. Yeah. That and it's like looking into that, but also is that uh, the thing of going backwards as well history is that he's erasing in that two minutes the entire horror of world war two and With up to shot. even world war one because it shows also every shot of world war one and world war two has been taken away mm. filmically he can do that as a art maker but at the end when the you get to the end of that part it's still Belarusia. The village has still been burnt. And then the little kid is going off with yeah. his little suitcase. And it's the comment it's a comment on wishful thinking in war movies, I think. Mm. They can't change the past by making something in the present better. And that's why I think that it's very important for it to be in the movie because he's making a comment that, that is beyond history. He's making a point on culture itself. And it's needed to be sitting at that precise moment of the film. Yeah. Otherwise, it kind of, it, like, it wouldn't work. Well, yeah, like, dispersing the newsreels throughout would have been, yeah. felt completely wrong. But I know what you mean. I just, I don't feel he needed it. Because I think the whole thing, as it stands itself, stands against other war movies and how they render history and their their need to have heroes and villains and yeah i i think that it would have stood to his original idea and what he wanted to say about war and how we how we like you know show war like yeah. years after wars how we continue to like produce cultural artifacts based off of these like real you know, the basically the suffering of like our ancestors or like, yeah. you know, like I said, generations before us. I don't know as well if it was that and the fact that like at that point and that that it's very intense and you've just gone through the other scene where they're yeah. there and you're feeling. Oh, yeah. Like it's an hour. It's f the last hour. There's no. No, there's no it's full on. It's uh, it's like imagine the worst scene that you've ever seen in a movie, how uncomfortable you felt, and that scene probably at the most. Like the closest thing could be like the the rape scene in Reversible that goes for fifteen minutes and it's horrific, you know? But it's fifteen minutes. Yeah. And you just deal with it afterwards and it's hor horrible and as well it's Gaspar Noah, so it's probably morally corrupt as well. <laughs> well, like and in as the well, the, movie. the thing about like Gaspar Noe is that he has that like hyper surreal. Yeah. There's nothing. It's not you know surreal mixed with reality. It's yeah. just like that is tinged surreal. You know, like it doesn't feel. It's horrific, but it doesn't have the level of 
like submersion yeah. that this does. And then it also doesn't go for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, that, no. And it's not only that it's like an hour of that, is that the preceding hour is not exactly no. enjoyable either. But final really little topic before we get to yeah. uh, uh, final comments is uh, production-wise that we kind of alluded to. Yeah. How do you think the movie was made? And have you read anything about how the movie was made? Uh, no, not really. I didn't really massive bound about how they managed to achieve it because, like, so much of this is like, like very intensive, steady cam. Very like, uh, you know, even just from like camera work perspective. That's not even very, a steady cam. It's a, it's a. Some of it's steady cam, isn't it? No, not? but like, steady cam wasn't invented yet. Nineteen eighty-five. Like, well, at least uh, not in Soviet Russia. They didn't well, no, really... Uh, I suppose it's kind of more handheld, really, isn't it? No, it yeah, is a Steadicam. It's a prototype kind yeah, of Steadicam. Yeah, because some of them are very... Some of it's very handheld and some of it is smoother. But just, like, from the intensity of those kind of scenes, then yeah. the fact of, like, how many extras that are required for certain shots of this and for scenes that go on for an incredibly long amount of time that are... Like, there's some, like, really, really long shots within, like, long, continuous moving shots, tracking shots. Like, this is, I've been, like, massive production. Flamethrowers, like, machine guns, I mean, even, like, um, the, the bit when the forest with those when the bombs are falling. Yeah, like that's they're massive explosions. They're, it's like, that's, and that's really close. And whenever those mines go off, the camera's, like, there. Yeah. And they're... I know, like, like uh, I reckon that, like, uh, it's not, because the, the moment that really, like, that I have no idea how they did it because, uh, it's so, like, there's also, like, a special lens that they use that is, like, a bifocal glass. So it gives you, like, a moment um, close up. The close up is, like, uh, on the foreground at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Is in focus, and the background is out of focus because it's, like, really close to the camera. Yeah. But then you can see the background. The, the very back of the frame is in focus as well. Yeah. And that's like a special lens that they did. You can see like almost the line where the, the lens goes in. So you have like a wide lens in the back with a deep focus. And at the bottom you have a lens with a narrow focus. Yeah. So yeah, and that's uh, pretty much all the time we have for. I don't think we can do favorite and least favorite uh, Yeah, that's a uh, different... Okay. Um, <laughs> it's like, what's it's your that. favorite thing? Uh, I don't have any... I don't like anything. Uh, what's your least favorite thing? The entire two hours and 20 minutes of the movie. Oh, I do... I do strongly feel, though, that this is... Because uh, I... Not just in a kind of a like, oh, the world is so fucked now, you know, kind of a way. I, I don't think that, like, we're ever going to get to a point where this is not relevant because this is just speaking to what humanity is capable of and it's still doing throughout the world yeah. in various guises across whatever you're like it's yeah look at fucking syria or myanmar and, and uh, yeah shit. and we're yeah. just as like i mean apathy is not a modern invention like it's the ability of the modern or the ability of the human mind to just forget and repeat mistakes yeah and paste over history with nicer stories of victory and the allies and that's the 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 other thing that is just a quick one since we're not doing favorites uh, <laughs> we got time favorites. we got time for more bleak points uh, the um the way that the germans uh study history compared to americans is very interesting 
the Germans don't skip over World War Two and all that. Like they really go into it. I think it's like an entire semester that is dedicated to like the Nazi regime and everything when you're doing yeah. history in school. And then you see civil war or slavery in America or anything like the the genocide of the Native American people uh, yeah. and such that they'll be sitting there is like maybe uh, a page or you just read about. But even the way that we did it in school, like I did history in the Living Cert. Yeah. And it was like a chapter of what, 10 pages or something. And then that's it. That's World War Two. Like, yeah, really, well, I suppose like, we had to concentrate on our own, yeah. Like, well, uh, yeah, then you have like a uh, hundred pages about the Fenian, <laughs> the uh. Fenian rising or whatever, <laughs> not to uh, put it down, but Fenian it's, rising. <laughs> what is it, that's the gonna be the next, that's gonna be the next Marvel movie, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Fenian rising. <laughs> not favorites, but what would you say it's the most effective thing in this movie? probably the sound but at the same time it's everything in working in together yeah it's like in tandem the, uh, the yeah one is. i mean it's the performances it's it's the way even just things like blocking like the the the, choreog- the choreography of massive crowd scenes the uh, it's just it's just incredible it's like everything working together but probably like the one thing that that really stands out in this is is this, the audio is just yeah. incredible like it's masterful yeah it's a work of art in its own but um, unfortunately you have to watch the rest of the movie too <laughs> to, yeah. to experience it um for me it's probably that but also just the the way like you said that it just builds up that it's kind of like ratcheting tension and everything it's like a squeeze box almost and uh, then it just yeah. releases and everything just goes insane in a way that is like makes you feel like for a moment there I nearly teared up talking about the movie and yeah I didn't want to call attention to it because it would actually tear up but it's a movie that it really affects me when I watch it like I don't think that like you're really not human if this movie doesn't get to you in a very like strong way that in a very base level yeah a very like we can intellectualize how he does it and everything else but it yeah, is a very feral kind of reaction to everything it's like you almost feel sick at times you almost feel like crying and covering your ears the same way as if, if florian does it's like and the mud is the moment that like you realize that it's like you're in it that when they're going oh, through the yeah. mud yeah, that yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. you no you you're feel... you're you're in this now you feel implicated almost and yeah. like powerless you start and... kind of almost like moving your legs yeah, trying you to feel you feel powerless because you know like that's a and completely insignificant because it's just the sheer weight of the whole thing like it's well, like uh, <laughs> well like you said like i'm sorry that i picked it but at the same time i'm not sorry because like you said that it's a movie that i think that i think that at the same time especially when you know the 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 reputation of the movie it's a very hard movie to sit and watch for no for no reason yeah it is good for this cuz like I, I if i didn't have this reason 
the first time I tried to put it on and gave up, I would never have put it on yeah. again because I would have just been like, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's like I had, I had that kind of there that was like, no, no, it's like homework. I have to do it. Oh, so did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna put this on my list of favorite movies, not just my list of movies that I think are great. Yeah, take it um, and show it in the projector to the family on Christmas. <laughs> Double bill with the sound of music. <laughs> what are we watching now? Oh, uh, come and see! It's another musical. Um, oh God. Oh yeah. Thank you, and also fuck you. Um, <laughs> But I knew somewhere, somewhere deep down, I knew that eventually I was going to have to have this experience. So there we are. <laughs> it was a long time coming. Yeah. And I think as well as like. But like every war movie that I picked, it was kind of like in my head, it was like, okay, I'm going to pick Come and See now. And then I just no, chickened you, out. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And I think at this point now, you're not allowed to pick another war movie until like. Oh, no, no, no. Like the it, midterms. No, the the <laughs> problem is that like after this, th that's the thing why I kept picking others because it's kind of like you oh it's, I, I wanted what, to what talk you, about come and see but what do like, you put yeah. after this like, <laughs> yeah you, you put it like there are other interesting movies set in wartime even like something like handmade in this kind of set during wartime because yeah. it was like just stuff like that i'll pick but there is no reason to pick an outright war movie no. after this and it's kind of like no point of actually making one <laughs> almost yeah the worst thing was is that i just finished the narrow road to the deep north and yeah. i just started reading um fucking white noise as well where your man is like a hitler oh yeah academic the... and i was like fuck's sake it's like yeah what's the the, the line that he says oh, some people are bigger than life hitler is bigger than death so uh or the <laughs> worth can they find this <laughs> If you ever want to find us again, uh, <laughs> uh, you can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter, at The Rec Game. And just talking briefly about social media, I have absolutely no idea how I'm going to paste, like, put up pictures of this. Yeah. Like, I was thinking I, about that. It's like yeah, so your new cheerful like, kind of thing. It's I, like, don't, I mean, I'm quite chipper on Twitter and Facebook because there's just... Oh, yeah. Look at all the cool posters. Hey, for and see. They're fun so design. <laughs> um yeah we'll see you can also email us um to complain at <laughs> the recommendation game at gmail.com um you can find us on the dublin digital radio mix cloud and on dublin digital radio at 11 to 12 a.m sorry if we ruined your monday um <laughs> and you can also donate to independent radio on the dublin digital radio's patreon uh, uh next week's film is orla's pick yeah. uh what are you picking orla camera person Cool. We're, we're, we're back in the documentary realm yeah as I was saying to Ricardo earlier I was trying to pick something uber cheerful and that felt wrong so I picked something Maybe. I don't know yeah. about camera person so yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see um, <laughs> uh, I was Ricardo Deacon I was Arthur McInnes uh, thank you for listening see you next week hopefully <laughs>